This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Uh, a veteran, veteran panel this long weekend, Friday evening. Uh, to my right, to your right on the radio, you just actually heard her for three, four hours. And now we're stretching her out for another two. Jen Watson. With no supper. No supper. That's okay. <laughs> and you're feeding for two. I know. And that's, I was going to say, I should have made it. My husband told me to text you and say that the deal is, if you want me to stay two hours after work, you got to bring me some supper. He wouldn't have made it with the traffic, though. I, know. <laughs> I was. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. I actually I had two slices of pizza in my car. That was the, when I left home. I grabbed pizza, pizza to come and down. You ate it on the way. Look at her li- eyes light up there. That wow. was in. And next to her, Fine. the other voice you're hearing. <laughs> Hitting back-to-back, last two weeks, Mike Fortune from Cable 14, after a whole summer of not appearing once, because he was off cavorting and doing whatever Mike Fortune <laughs> does in the summertime. Gallivanting. Gallivanting. Lots of gallivanting. How, do you, how exactly do, does one gallivant? <laughs> I don't what, know. What is, is, what is the verb? Like the, when someone says gallivanting, what does that sort of imply? What's the actual Just like everywhere. I was, that's a word my mom would use. Hold on. Keep talking while I type this into the dictionary online. Good. I think of gallivanting kind of like almost like you're on a horse, like you're just galloping, yeah. galloping around. Driving around at night, with lo- looking for a place to happen when you're a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, yeah. gallivanting. No, they don't want gallivanting. They want gallivant. Hold on. This is scintillating radio. I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> Me typing into the... Um, looking up definitions of Looking up words. definitions, and, it, and the dictionary does not even like the word gallivant. They've oh, taken wait. it out. I spelled it wrong. That's why. Well... Idiot. Weren't we just talking to about... To wander this about... Is supposed to be the brightest panel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the brightest panel minus one. Uh, to, that's why I have you guys in, to yeah. prop me up. And, uh, to, the, it's a verb, to wander about, seek pleasure or diversion, or to go about with members of the opposite sex. Well, oh. there was a lot of that this summer, and I'll just leave it at that. How about that? <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll probably assume that it was member. It was, pl- it was singular rather than plural. Yeah, yes, yes, it was yes. one member. Mike yes. Fortune, the loving so, wife. Yes, he'll look back in a photo album on his Facebook page as ni- as 2016, the summer of togas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for doing this. Yeah, okay, good to be always, back. Uh, but let me let me start with that tonight because I got to tell you again, coming down the highway, I'm coming from the mountain. And I knew the highway was blocked. My son was actually, and his girlfriend are driving by. They missed it by five seconds. They actually just saw the smoke pop up and people stopping their cars on the side of the road and running. There were actually, it was right by the golf course. If you're, if you can picture where it is for people who don't know what we're talking about, there's a huge accident. Well, not a huge, there's an accident on the highway coming down the hill and it's right at the bend where the Shadok golf course is. Right where the netting is of the golf course. Right where the netting is. The guy was obviously coming down and somehow at the corner lost control and flipped a truck that's full of garbage and it caught fire and now the highway is all a mess. So, but there were people, there's actually, I don't know what number it is, but there is a tee box at the golf course right there. Oh. And so my son was saying that actually as they were passing, there were people, golfers, who were dropping their clubs and running over the, jumping over the fence or trying to, to get to pull this guy out of his truck. Wow. wow. So heroic golfers. I mean, all golfers are really <laughs> heroes, but <laughs> these ones particularly. But no, it's apparently, I guess, every, I hope everyone's okay. I don't know, but the highway's a mess. Yeah, we didn't hear any, uh, we, we had it in news, but we hadn't, haven't heard any uh, word on any injuries. Anybody so. who's out there, by the way, driving on the 403, give Luke a call. Same, star 9900. Let us know if it's still... A complete mess out there. I don't know. We, I mean, we can't see anything from here. So if you, yeah, if you well, have any good, traffic update, give tra- Luke a call. OPP is awesome on Twitter. Yes. And Carrie that's where Schmidt, I got my update from. He, he's awesome. He's like our lifesaver in the in the newsroom. He because periscopes. He gets us audio. Way to go, Carrie Schmidt, if you're listening. Because then you have 403 westbound and you got all the rubberneckers. Exactly. Yep. So 
here is the thing, though, is that we know there's an accident. The highway is blocked. The highway are seemingly our only working artery in the city. But yeah, from I mean, the link to Aberdeen, so that's a pretty big stretch. Huge stretch. How do we not have any kind of other... Because the link was a mess. Mm-hmm. Mohawk up on the mountain to try and get to Wilson or to try and get anywhere else was a mess. How do we... We just don't have any other way around the city. As soon as that highway goes down, you're stuck. You're completely oh, yeah. stuck. Well, and the one thing that I think would be helpful is having electronic signs notifying you yeah. way further in advance like they do on the QEW, you know, um, to, to give you an opportunity to to get off way before the, the, the bottleneck starts, yeah. you know. I mean, we try and keep up to date as much as we can and let people know who are tuned in, you know, mm-hmm. but we only get the information as fast as it comes out, right? I mean, we have we rely on our other people to be sure. our eyes for us, right? Yeah, I think additional signage is, is a great suggestion, Jen. I, I know City Council has been trying to to come up with some ideas and options too. I don't know if widening the highway there is, is an option. I, who knows? But if 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 you're not tuned into your favorite radio station, 900 CHML, with weather and traffic, and you find yourself in that bottleneck, good luck getting out of it. Yeah, you're and stuck. Then, then, then patience is a virtue. Then you just got to wait it out but and go from there. And you're right, Mike. Patience is a virtue, but you shouldn't have to be backed up to Brantford, basically, with, right. with very few. I mean, uh, of course, that's an exaggeration. You can get off at Wilson or you could get off at, you know, other places. But, it's but then the spillover to the smaller streets... And causes chaos elsewhere in the city, right? And let me ask you a question. I mean, I've lived here now for my whole adult life. You guys have lived here for the your whole lives. for your lives. You know the city. So when an accident, when the highway, when you hear the highway is shut down, you go, oh, okay, I got to zip, 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 and yeah. I can... What if you're driving from London to Toronto and you're on this route and you don't know the city of Hamilton? Yeah. You will... When you are either stuck on the highway for as long as it takes, which if you're on there now, you'll be there till the end of this show, at least, until they get it cleaned up. Or you, I mean, I suppose you have a GPS. The GPS, all it's going to be saying is, you turn at the next possible thing. You turn, you turn. (laughs) You are, it is impossible to figure out, because of what you say, there's no signs. How do we navigate around the city? How do we not have something that says highway detour or highway bypass or something to help people out? If there's an accident you're talking about? But there are so many accidents. Yeah. There well, are. There are I, a lot of accidents on mm-hmm. that road. I, I think that's where, as someone who's traveling, you have to take the onus upon yourself to tune in to whatever the local radio stations are. News is either at, at updates are at the 9 or at the 20, whatever, on most radio stations anywhere in this area. Mm-hmm. And if you just mm-hmm. tune in and you follow that for a little while, you'll know, okay, you know what, there's some accidents, now I can plug into my GPS, what is an alternate route around the 403? But here's what's going to happen, people are going to be like, oh, well, I don't want to go the scenic route around there, so I'll maybe I'll just wait it out. But, but again, I think you, ha- as, a, as a traveler, you have to take the onus on yourself to do a little listening beforehand, get an idea what the traffic flow is like, and then go from there. Yeah, I mean, and sometimes you, you miss it, right? you miss it on the news or you miss it, you miss Mm -hmm. the traffic. So by the time it comes on again, you're stuck. But what if I'm driving to Windsor? I have no idea what the channel is for London's traffic. And then then you don't want people checking their phones. Well, you can't check your phones anymore. So, I mean, it's, yeah, for the locals, that's fine. For the locals, listen, for, for health, safety, traffic, and just a better quality of life, you should never turn your dial from 900 CHML. This <laughs> this right. station really <laughs> is for your betterment. We are here <laughs> to, to serve. 
Uh, Jen, just serve for four straight hours to well, make your life better. Technically, like seven and a half, Th- but that's fine. Three weeks ago, <laughs> two weeks ago now, uh, my dad, my son, and I, we were coming from uh, Snug Harbor up uh, the Lindsay area, Bob Cajun, and we got on the road at five day. We knew we were going to be going along the 401, and we make it a habit to go on to 680. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Wasn't wasn't this three digits, but we knew in the Toronto area, that's where you would go to. Right. And within half an hour, we heard that there was a major accident. So we had more than enough time. And we're not from the Peterborough. We just know to go to that station. And we went off. We 412 to the 407. And it took us an hour from the 407 into Burlington. It was it, fantastic. And, yeah. and that is, and a great, it is. It, I mean, I'm, I'm joking. It is a good advertisement for the value of a station like this where you can tune in and you can hear this. But there is also the other part of it. So we don't just make this completely self-serving. There is the other part of it that when there is a problem, we don't have good ways to get around that highway problem. Well, and that's when they they start talking about... um at the Niagara Peninsula or where they want to add the new highway, you know, mm-hmm. to go through and get from a, another another alternative to get from, you know, say the 407 out to the Niagara region. And I, I am I am I saying it right? Is that the right the right one that they're talking about? But yeah. trying to add another highway um, through the green belt to get, you know, to, to give you another option other than the 403 or the link. Because, yeah, once you're there, you're stuck. But this is even, and the funny part about this, or the ironic, the interesting part, this accident actually happened, even though it's backed everything up, in mm-hmm. probably the best possible place. Because you could still get off the road and get back on at Maine or at Aberdeen and carry on to Toronto. If this happens just past going towards Toronto, oh, just past the Spectator building. Forget about it. Now, how do you get back onto the high? Now, the entire downtown, the entire core is a complete mess. And how do you get back onto the highway? And so it's because a few weeks ago, there was an accident at uh, just before the Highway 6 turnoff at Guelph. And it caused Mm -hmm. chaos because where does everybody go then? We don't have. Now, there's no answer to this because we're not going to suddenly build a whole bunch of extra routes for people to go in. We're not going to have a shuttle boat that's going to drive you across <laughs> Lake Ontario or something. But, but it has been discussed and talked about. I know Councillor Ferguson has mentioned it many times, I think, on this very station in council meetings as well, that something has to happen along that 403. What is that gold answer? Where are we going to get the money to do it? Who knows? I think that Jen, though, has a great start to a suggestion. Signage. There's got to be, you know, when you drive through Toronto now, they have the overhead signs. The that, digital signs the that digital let you know signs. what's going on, yeah. Start if it you, at the Red Hill, so you know, don't even get on the link. But start it way you before I mean? then. Start it when you're like out by Walmart, out by Wilson, out yeah. by, towards Brantford and say, listen. Like all directions, it's got to be, Accident coming right? up, get off here. Yeah. You got three exits now to find your way off or else you're going to be in a mess. And, you know, as opposed to that horrible feeling that we've all had where suddenly you're driving, 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 and then, oh, there's a red light. Sea of red lights. Sea of red lights, yeah. and nobody's moving, and then what? Yeah, exactly. Then what? <sighs> I don't know the answer, but I, I do like your signage thing. And I, I can't, I'm, and the other thing is I can't imagine that would cost, relatively speaking, a ton of money. I can't imagine it would cost a ton of money. Well, we're... Even can't, e- can't even get a welcome to Hamilton sign, but Ooh. that's another. <laughs> but even if you have, but even if you had the smaller portable things off to the side, it would be something, some yeah. kind of digital sign. And those signs can be multi-purpose, and I appreciate those signs because when there are an accident, it's 
buckle up, yep. uh, reduce your speed, don't follow too close. All those little reminders, I think, are so important nowadays in the society that we're in as we're just, there's a lot of aggressive drivers out there. So it's a it's a great, great first step if it can be done. Right. I hope if you're out on the road, man, I hope it clears up for you so you can actually get somewhere when you need to sooner rather than later because there is nothing worse on a Friday long weekend evening than be stuck in traffic for hours and hours exactly. and hours and hours. Except, like, Well, there is one thing worse being the driver of the person <laughs> who yes. flipped the truck, who <laughs> yes. caused the accident. Other than that, there's nothing worse. Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. In studio with Mike Fortune and Jen Watson. I was going to say Jen McQueen. I'm also Ooh. Jen McQueen. Jen was Okay. Well, Jen Watson I have McQueen. I two names. Jen Are you hyphenated? Are no, you no. Hyphen- no, just no, no, no. I'm, I'm legally McQueen, but okay. Everyone- I, was, I was Watson... When I started my radio career, so I'm just going to keep rolling with it. It's almost go. a shame you didn't marry someone named Holmes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you had Holmes and, and Holmes. Watson, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, there used to be somebody that worked here named Holmes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't work out? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. Who knew? I don't know. I didn't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> I know you didn't. I know. It was my just... colleague. We were uh, like a pair. Kelly Leach. I don't know if you uh, know who Kelly Leach is. Most people don't really know the name, but she is um, she is yes. a candidate um, for Tory leadership for the federal Conservative Party, and she came forward with an interesting idea. We certainly we know that immigration, terrorism, concerns about people coming to this country and bringing problems from other parts of the world, you know, is a concern for people. Even I think even people who want to not think it's a concern would obviously still have some concerns about this. So the, the answer here is, or the, the point is, Kelly Leach said, what we should be doing is when people come to this country from other parts of the world, we should be screening them to see somehow if they have anti-Canadian values. If someone's going to walk in the door, we don't want to be throwing open the door for the leader of an ISIS chapter who will then start working on doing bad stuff here. And this, of course, as I think as expected, has created a bit of a backlash and a bit of a furor that you can't really, how are you going to do this? What's the, this is racist. This is whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and, and how would you do this anyway? Well, Jen, what do you think about this? What, what do you think about the idea of, uh, I mean, first of all, I don't even know exactly how we do screen because they've never really said. Well, that's my question. How do you screen for, like, do you, if somebody is coming to this country with ul- ulterior motive, do you really think they're going to come out and, and bash the country? Yeah, or they're not bash? wearing a t-shirt. No. <laughs> so, I mean, they're, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, I'm against this or I'm against that. Like, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't see that that, that would happen. So how are you going to, how are you going to screen somebody unless you're trying to screen them for, you know, any links to terrorist organizations or, or but I mean, do they not do that anyway? So do they not screen so, people anyway in that? Well, that's what we don't. I, I mean, I don't know what. The, I know they do some kind. They have to do some kind of questioning. They have right. to. They or have background to, well, checks or I don't. I mean, I don't know how it works. They didn't with the 25,000 Syrians we let in. They had to do some they kind did of not, background checks. They said that how, they did some, but how, they expedited it. I don't know. How, how can you expedite 25,000 in, in a month? Well, it certainly wasn't thorough if you're doing that many right. that quickly. You have a name? Okay, you're in. <laughs> you know, well, you know, and that I'm is sorry, a little concerning in the sense that now, and I know people will say, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, it can be racist, you know, based on, you know, 
where they're coming from or what you know their culture this that and the other thing but we there was a guest um on one of the programs here throughout the summer and she was very intriguing i don't remember her name um and she was muslim and she was actually coming out and saying that you know people have a right to question when newcomers come to the country you know and then that sort of the islamophobia is being not that it's being made up but she was basically saying you know as as a Canadian, you, you should have a right to question what your government is doing, question how they're doing it to make sure that people are staying safe within mm-hmm. the country and that they're bringing in people that don't have ulterior motives. I don't know how you screen specifically for that by asking well, like a line is, of questioning. What but. she is saying basically is if you hire a worker to come and work on the electricity in your house, you can check that they have proper references or something so they don't, when you step out of the house, they don't steal everything from right. you. So that's, so what she's saying, I think, is, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing a background check, finding out if this person has a background in terror activity or whatever else. And that's responsible. Yeah. I think that's responsible. But I, Mike, I'm with Jen on the one point. Whether you think this is a good idea or not to screen immigrants for anti-Canadian values, how do you do that? I mean, we can't tie them to a chair and inject sodium pentothal into every single person and have investigators with a dim light over their head screaming at them and waterboarding everybody. So how do you do that? Maybe it is based on, you know, you you just kind of lit something for me. You know, you you, you don't put them under the hot light and all that, but maybe you do put them in in a room and maybe you do have a longer conversation with them. And maybe with all the money that we're spending everywhere else, maybe there are types of questions that the police, the intelligence can kind of put together and it will kind of signify or signal what direction this one person might be going towards. That's an idea because I think it, I think a lot of it would have to be on the questioning. And if you want to come into this country, if you want to have the right to, to be in Canada on our soil, then you know what? You probably should sit in a bit of a room for a while and sweat it out a little bit. Make make them feel uncomfortable. See how they respond to that. Because if you are a terrorist or have negative thoughts regarding Canada, I am sure with the right questioning and the right people that something can be extracted. And then a flag goes up, and then it's then it's uh, you know we're just going to put you over here for a while, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. There's I think there's a way. I think it's on the questions. I think some of the objection to this though is that because it's you want to screen only certain people coming from certain areas of the world in this manner. And so then that's being, okay, well, now you're painting everybody with the same brush. I mean, every newcomer to Canada, I don't care where you're from, I think should should be screened See, I don't have, in, I agree. in some, I in agree some well. manner, whether you're coming from Italy or, you know, a, a part of the world that isn't known to have terrorist links or whatever. I mean... But what's wrong with that? Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I think no, everybody... A- any newcomer should should be, you know, questioned. Questioned, maybe even sponsored. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, you know, and then I think, but, you know, there's certain, pe- there are fears that people coming from certain parts of the world where this, where terrorists, terrorism is happening, where it's, where it's all coming from, that, well, then they should be screened a little bit closer. Mm. And then that's where you get, well, now you're painting everybody with the same brush. Not all yeah. Muslims are terrorists. And of course of they're course. not. Of now, course. And, and now to pivot just a little bit on that, people will then say, well, what about the homegrown terrorists? Exactly. The the, the rattle, rat, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Radical, yeah. Radical, Thank you. Yeah. That are that are Canadians yep. that do go to the World Wide Web and they are watching this stuff 
and all of a sudden they want to to join which has and, been and the case in several of these many recent, occasions and recent then what terror do you attacks do? so you know, and then that's where people are blame and you know and then you know trump and everybody that's on their wall let's you know ban terror ban immigrants and ban this but it's like some of these have been American-born citizens or well, Canadian-born, you know? Here's the thing. There is no guarantee when you get out of bed in the morning that you are going to bed that night. Right. Correct. There isn't. There just... I, I don't... I know we all want that guarantee. There is no guarantee. And so to... With the homegrown terror or whatever else, we don't want it, but there is a possibility that that can happen. We don't... We live in a free country, so you have the freedom to do things here. And if that means you're going to chase a life or pursue a career is that the right word in terrorism <laughs> it's a short career generally yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but if that's what you decide to we have to live with the possibility that some homegrown people are going to do that that's the cost of doing business in a free society right. but it doesn't mean we have to allow everybody to come in without any questions and so you know this this topic what's really interesting to me about this is that this topic has a lot of people in the state saying it's racist, as we've said a bunch of times. I think it's sensible that you would want to check who you're throwing open the door to let into your house. It's how you do it. Right. It's who you do it to. Yep. And if you are just choosing one small group because their skin is darker or because right. they come from one part of the world, that probably does fall into the category of racist. So yeah. then to Jen's point, then you just... You, you, you do everyone. You do you everyone. Everybody. You screen you everyone. everyone. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then can you do that. that, right? Because then that causes how much of a backlog, Well, right? who cares if there's a backlog? But I mean, but then, you know, the governments want people to come here. But right. I still don't know how you... I, I like the idea of the background checks. I like the idea that we we spend time, it, and it may take a little time to find out who are your associates over in, in wherever you're coming from, whether yeah. it's Italy or whether it's the States or whether... I mean, listen, if someone's coming from the States, we go, oh, they're coming from the States. They're safe. That's fine. I don't want... Yeah. They may not be hooked in with ISIS, but if they're hooked in with some drug dealing gang that's down there what's or, the difference or white collar criminals or something yeah. uh, same thing yeah really same what's, what's the difference exactly. so listen I just I I don't know how I don't know how you check for anti-Canadian values because look that's the people who knocked down the nine the buildings in 9-11 yeah. they all went to flight school they all did their stuff they all looked very normal they all could have passed the test to be just average Americans people. Or Nobody whatever, yeah. is going to go into a dark room at the airport when they come across and go, yes, I am here. And uh, my ultimate goal is to blow up Canada. Yeah. The, nobody is going to say that. Yeah. And so I don't, the idea may have some merit. I just think it's completely impossible to do. Yeah. I don't know. You have to think it out a little bit better than just say, well, this is what I want to do, right? I mean, it's, you have to have some sort of game plan. <laughs> well, that's where, again, I think if, if you get some proper questioning, you get the right people doing it, and then maybe if you do have, you have to get a couple sponsors of people that you're going to be visiting or, or living with here in Canada, and then they have the background checks, and if you have to go three, four, ten people deep to, to do that, and then you feel confident enough, okay, this person has checked out, we're good, then so be it. But really, at the end of the day, at the end of all of this, if someone really wants to do something... They're they going to. They will do it. Right. And like you said, and it's not and it's not just people that, you know, it's not people that are just coming over here. It's people that live people here already. That could be your neighbor down the street and you have absolutely no clue. Whether whether they're they're pulling a gun or whether they're I don't know. You know what you, I mean? Like any kind of 
you're going to go on a shooting rampage it's, at a school. Like, you know, these things happen. It's the old saying, you cannot judge a book by its cover. Right. And, and, and if, if you stop living your life, if you stop going to the park with your kids, if you stop having your kids walk to school by themselves, you're letting them win. And I think yeah. we hear that all the time too. You have to live your life. Just before we go to the break though, let me ask you one more question because again, this, this idea came, well, it's not a new idea, but it's, it's maybe newish to Canada, this idea of vetting the immigrants with the thought of what your philosophy is or something. Do you really think that this is, that she believes this? Or do you think this is just a let's get people talking about my campaign because not many people know the name Kelly Leach and hey, I'll throw this one out there and every, like we're doing right now, every talk radio, every newspaper will discuss this and suddenly Kelly Leach will become a name. Ha- become a name. What do, you, do, do you think that... Do you think that it's a real platform or just a buzzword kind of thing to get attention? I don't know. I think I, I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that it's some sort of you know, campaign sort of ploy. I mean, yeah, you wanna get you wanna get your campaign out there, you wanna get your name out there, you wanna get people talking about you and also but you know, the conservatives that's what they were accused of last time is sort of a, appealing to playing on people's fears, right? And that's I don't know if that's sort of along the same lines, but I mean I I would say, sure, it's part publicity. Show me one politician that doesn't try to cause some shockwaves by bringing something up. Hey, what's what's worse, though? Because we have the two options now. We have the government that's in power that wants to bring all kinds of people in very quickly without apparently doing a ton of checks because that's the philanthropic generous thing because Canada is a welcoming country. So what's what's the worst option, or is there one, that we be the philanthropic country that may let in a few bad people among the crowds of people coming or the country that doesn't let in as many, but tries to be safer with the ones that we do let in. Mm -hmm. I take the latter. You would take the latter? In a heartbeat. If there could be, you know, a happy medium, but that's never going to happen, right? I don't know. It's a perfect world. I, I would love, you know, I would love to hear more detail on this about how we would screen for this kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. if there is a way, maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe there is some psychologist out there who's devised some questioning system that you just can't lie with. Yeah. Or that there are there are cues that you can tell, oh, if, they, if you ask this question, every single person, if they're lying, their left eye twitches or something. Yeah. I mean... But I mean, it's all subjective though, right? It's, it seems to be that way. Yeah. I, I, I wish there was such a thing. I wish there was. I mean, ultimately, we, we don't want to harm people. We don't want to deny people human rights because look, most of the people who are coming over here are genuinely good people yeah, looking for a, a better genuine, life. a genuine humanitarian crisis, so right? We don't people wanna, are in need over there. Right. So we don't want to bring them here and waterboard them to get the answers. No. I don't, I'm, listen, I, I don't actually have a huge problem with using what do they call it? Advanced interrogation thing. If you've got someone who's caught in the act of doing a terror attack, I'm, I'm, I'm less worried about whether or not those people are treated like kings, mm-hmm. but for just a, an immigrant person who is escaping a dangerous spot and coming here, but I don't, I don't want to be the one who has to assume guilt as opposed to just saying, okay, come, but we are going to check. Yeah. I don't get why it's always us. Why is Canada always the solution that you got all these other countries that have tons because of- Because none of ton- them will take them. Well, so what's that tell you? We'll leave that thought on people's plate. Uh, Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML.
We are just days away from the start of school. I am guessing that teachers by now all have their brains fired up <laughs> as they prepare for the onslaught of the new classes. This should be an automatic for the teaching group out there. Where is Machu Picchu? 905-645-3221-STAR-9900. Is that a Pokemon? A it could be. It actually could be. <laughs> now. Yes, I, I caught a Machu Picchu. Yeah. yeah. That's what it sounds like. There was a... Um, a non-strike, the the, uh, the the labor thing was settled temporarily with Canada Post this week, so there's not going to be a mail strike. Uh, and yet, there is a business group out there that says, um, it's the Canadian Federation of Independent Business says, you know what, this just delays the inevitable. Canada Post is inevitably on its way out because, you know. On the way of the milkman and the breadman and... You agree? I mean, are we are we looking at the last days of the mail system? Well, I mean, I get a lot of my bills online. I mean, I, I do get some, you know, important mail, but a lot of it is junk mail. Yeah, flyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flyers yeah. and, you know, s- coupons for Wendy's, like stuff that I don't need. And my husband puts it on the fridge and it stays there for weeks and I'm, get it out, get it out. Don't tempt me. But anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I do get a few important things, but it's mostly stuff that goes in my recycle bin. I'm the exact same way. We got our mailbox that we have to walk to now, which I don't have a problem with. Didn't have a problem when they went in. Um, But yeah, I go, my thing is I don't go every day now. I go, I go maybe once a week, but when I do go on a Friday, it's like, yeah, oh, McDonald's, Wendy's coupons. Oh, need my ducks cleaned. Yeah. Oh, I need, uh, oh, there's a real estate agent trying to sell me something. (laughs) And I just (laughs) literally bring it all right to the recycle bin because, um, We've tried to do a good job saving some trees, but getting everything online, it's quicker, it's simpler, it's easier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, is Canada Post coming to its end eventually? Maybe. I hate to say it, but it looks like it very well could be. Well, for the stuff that we still use it for, a lot of it is now if you have to send a package or something. You can't do a package online. But there are competitors. There are private couriers, private sector yeah. competitors that can now do this. And in some cases... I don't do a ton of mailing packages, but in some cases cheaper, which makes it, okay, now what do I do? See, the one thing, though, that I'm not a big fan of with some of these courier companies is that they will just leave the package on your front door if you're not home. Which I actually like, because then I don't have to go chase the mail thing (sighs) Yeah, but then, you know, what happens if you're there, you know, it's sitting on your your porch for eight hours because you just left for work and then you get home and maybe it's not there when you get home. I don't know. Just the idea of that doesn't, I mean, that's never happened to me, but you know, that's, I know that that could be a it possibility. Could yeah. Someone's you scouting know? your house. They they're, see something. Yeah. And, but the way, you know, Canada Post will do it. They're the ones that they'll leave like the notice on your door. Right. And you got to go pick it up at the post office and everything else. So, I mean, it's a little bit more secure that way. Sometimes it's not as convenient because you're like, well, I can only go pick it up tomorrow morning, but it says not till after one and whatever. Right. I mean, but, but yeah, I just for the, the number courier is a, seems to be a more convenient way for the number of packages that we send or receive compared to as you say the junk mail the mm-hmm. the stuff that comes it just seems to me and I hate to say it, you don't want any group of people to be out of a job or out oh, you know no. but it, I mean there are certain things people say the newspaper industry is is going to go this way too uh, the slight difference I would argue with that is that there is still other ways to deliver news, which right. it may not be as 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 viable, it may not be as as um, lucrative. Lucrative, but it's still that if you take away the mail, if you take away people sending 
letters in the mail. It's almost like a What's left? pastime is lost, that was though. A like, Seinfeld episode, wasn't it? Newman and Kramer. The mail, you, yes, it was. <laughs> you you mess with the mail. Yeah. <laughs> I forget the right, but yeah. No, but uh, you're you're, it, you're right it's, though. It's 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 you know what? Don't give me. There's always that nice time. There's that little surprise in the mailbox. Oh, you know what? I got a I got a little thank you, thank card. you card from yeah. our friends in Rochester or something, and that's really nice. But they also but they're old school. They're in their seventies. Yeah. You know, my kids will not be sending little thank you cards. They'll be sending a text or an email with, you know, thanks spelled THX. Yeah, you exactly. Know, all that stuff. But maybe that's what's kind of sad about it, too. I mean, because, you know, and then you talk about, well, nobody writes letters anymore. Nobody even writes cursive no, anymore, exactly. you know. But I mean, times change, that's, times and evolve. That's, that's a different. And so why would I write a letter and put it in the mail? I mean, I love getting mail, like real mail. I love getting mail, but. I just, I, it's exciting to me, but maybe I'm just still. My old. kids <laughs> have been, my kids have been taught and to send thank you notes, but generally the only places that these thank you notes would go would be to their grandparents because mm-hmm. they are of the grandparents of, or are of a generation that that's what you did. You got a thank you note in the mail for something nice that you did, but Mike's right. Now it's much more socially acceptable. It's socially okay if you do something nice to send the the email, and if you're really feeling special, you can buy one. You get one of those online cards that pops the up. The e-cards or the e-vites, right? Well, and that's the thing. The other thing that's still traditional is sending out wedding invitations. Okay, yep. I mean, maybe not. Maybe like no, the more that is. modern. I mean, I did. I sent out wedding invitations in the mail. I was only married four years ago, but um, you know, maybe maybe that's going to go away. And you know, we went to two weddings this summer, and they both came. Yeah, two weddings this summer, they both came by mail. That's a good yeah. one. That's that, absolutely right. And that's that's something. And it seems to me that wedding invitations invitations as an example it's a great example are something you as you're getting married you do want something tangible for that mm-hmm. for that day it's it seems I have kind mine of, framed yeah. with our picture and everything it else it seems yeah. kind of schlocky to just send an email going hey come to our wedding but, dude. Well, but can, Canada Post is not going to stay open just so people can send off wedding invitations right. no right. or the odd thank you note or to the grandma and grandpa you, you know as a business case in a business sense if they are losing cash and they can't employ people anymore they will have to make a very tough decision. And maybe the decision won't be tough. Maybe the numbers aren't just adding up and sorry, we are done. But here is the other part of this story that I find really fascinating. And that is this to me seems like one of, it's not the only one, but it's one of the crystal clear cases where you're looking at a government organization doing the same as a private organization. And the private organizations seem to be, well, not they're not doing exactly the same, but doing similar. And the private organizations seem to be doing okay and the government organization is bleeding red ink. And I'm I'm looking around going, is this somehow a lesson for a lot of other things that we should be looking at? Because we can't afford all the stuff we're paying for. We're, our, our country, our province, our city are in debt. We can't be paying. So privatizing more. Privatizing more stuff. And again, uh, people go crazy when you yeah. say that because some salaries go down and you don't have the same benefits and not the same workforce. But then the, the cost workforce. for things go up though. And that, and that Unless is there translated is to... To the consumer. Well, what about privatizing hydro? You know, when they talk about selling off parts of hydro. But is there any real competition though with that still? Well, you need competition. We That's do the- because I actually got into, I called and I tried to escalate my, my complaint to the manager and there was just nothing they, because there's no competition. They have a monopoly mm-hmm. and it's... It's $30 we're moving, and so to transfer the address, our name from this address to this address, we already actually have possession of our new home. So right now we're paying for two homes until our current house closes. 
Um, so to get Hydro to transfer over our name, oh, we have to pay a $30 fee. I'm like, $30 for what? For you to go into the computer and hit enter and change my address. We have, I pay my bill on time every time. I just paid over $400 for my last bill, you know, and the, and then the girl on the phone was very, you know, polite. And then, so she, you know, offered to send me to a supervisor where I said, yes, please. And the supervisor gave more of a detailed explanation. You know, well, it comes because we have to go send out somebody to read the meter and do this. And I'm like, but you're going out to read the meter anyway. This is a cash grab. Sure it's it is. nothing but a cash grab. But that is a monopoly. That's a monopoly. Exactly. So there you go. Maybe and so you have if a you, point. <laughs> if you, no, but if you have, again, using this example, you have FedEx, you have UPS, you have mm-hmm. whatever other ones so there are. you get are. to choose. Now, all of a sudden, you can call them and say, well, listen, hey, that company is charging me 30. What are you going to charge? And they can decide then whether they're going to go less than that and get your business or whether they're not going to. But at least you have a choice. And generally... And maybe always, I can't think of one that's not the case. Generally, when you have a choice and there is a competitive environment, the price goes down. There are very few, if any. Well, look at cell phone companies. But again, that's kind of a conglomerate too, because you have the big three. I mean, you have competition, but not really, because they all want you to have a minimum $80 data plan and Mm -hmm. everything else. I mean, unless you're the sort of the, the B carriers, but you don't have as good of coverage. I think you know? customer service has a lot to do with these things. And I, I run into a lot of people in, in my day job um, where they don't mind paying a few extra bucks if they know that they're going to get the best customer service yes, around. Okay, but, but that is, but, and that's fine. And that's, but again, with a, with a competition, you can get them to pay that and be willing to pay that if you're willing to give right. them something extra. You're paying for that service. But if you don't have a choice, yeah, customer a choice. service yep. can go down because who cares? you got nowhere else to go. We can treat you like crap. Well, maybe that's where Canada Post should look at things and up their customer service a little bit if they really want to be in the game and they want to stay competitive and keep jobs going. Well, and actually we called Canada Post the other day because, again, we're moving and we know that they offer this service. Uh, my husband's also a real estate agent. So he, when he has a client who says, oh, hey, so-and-so's mail is still coming to... Um, the house. So then he'll call and say, okay, well, we had the mail forwarded. I don't know why it's still going there. So Mm -hmm. we're like, okay, can we do that for, for our situation? So he called and it's either four months or 12 months and there's a fee you pay. And I think for 12 months, it's over a hundred bucks to forward your mail. So anytime it comes, they'll just make sure it goes to your new address. However, it's only for government mail. But even government it's, mail. Can't. And and how often do you get government? I, I mean, say, you do. Like if you get the family now. benefit, you get just for your taxes. But it, but it's yeah, all for your taxes. It's, but all, it's all online online. and it's all direct deposit now. Yeah. We got to go to the break. We could go on with this we forever. Could. We, we got to go to the break. Yeah. Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. Stay with us. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred CHML. Let me read you something. Mike, you were talking about young minds and creativity and brilliance and people who might be at business school or university elsewhere. Yeah. There is a word that has popped up recently and you can find it online. You hear it all the time. It's the word microaggression. It drives me insane because it's, it's kind of falls in line with the fact that everybody is offended by everything now. And microaggressions are not even necessarily things that you know you're saying that would be offensive. It's, well, they looked at me funny, or I think they showed a racist glance at me because I'm a different color, or so it's, it's 
maybe something offensive, but it's a perception. That's, it's a perception and you're offended by it and it's aggressive. And so we have to shut this out. So let me just go through a few things here. It's going to take me a minute or two. Because this is something that is going on, this microaggression and offensive thing. It's going on all over North America in a huge way right now. University of Nebraska, yesterday, the president was giving a talk and he announced that they have a new non-negotiable policy in place that bans any discussion on campus that might be deemed as disrespectful. Now, what is disrespectful? What's the barometer? They won't say. There was no answer given for that. So disrespectful is whatever you deem disrespectful to be. At Rutgers University, students have been instructed to speak only when necessary in their residence to avoid microaggressions. The University of North Dakota has now banned speech that, quote, feels offensive. So how do we determine what feels offensive? Well, again, whatever feels offensive. And now, and what, to who? And to who? So now, what kind of things could this be? Well, North Carolina State University says now, if you say the United States is the land of opportunity, that's a microaggression because not everyone has the same opportunity. At oh. the University of North Carolina, if you talk about Christmas vacation or playing a round of golf, those are on lists of microaggressive words because not everyone's a Christian and not everyone has the wherewithal to play golf. At Berkeley, <laughs> At Berkeley, they've determined that melting pot, the phrase melting pot, is a microaggression. At Longwood University, if you disagree, even on absolutely legitimate terms for your deep philosophical or religious reasons, whatever, if you disagree with someone's pro-abortion viewpoint, you are committing an act of microaggression. At Emory University, someone wrote Trump, just wrote Trump on the sidewalk, and that was considered an act of microaggression and racism. University of Oklahoma now announced they have a 24-hour microaggression reporting hotline where you can call in and talk to a counselor to deal with the microaggressions that are affecting you. University of Michigan says it has a microaggression reporting website where you can type in and report people who are doing things that are offending you. And if you say, well, this is all just politically correct or political correctness run amok, well... Don't say that at the University of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because complaining that this is political correctness run amok is considered, pol is considered a microaggression. Oh. <laughs> I am looking at this. School is starting. University students are going back to school. It's a long intro, I understand. But what in the world is going on? What happened to the days when universities were the places where you went and had open discourse and free thought and exchange of ideas and you argued, but it was part of the learning process? What has happened to us? Well, yeah, that's the whole point. But do you notice that all of those universities are not in Canada? What I, are they doing over there? Like, honestly, what are they? And who made this up? Like, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Like, where did they get this from? What, you know, consultant or academic? I don't even know who who came up with this and why? Well, first get of all, life. first I'm sorry, of all, just I, get a life. I don't know if there are no. Sorry, Canadian that's very microaggression. I'm upset by that. Um, <laughs> it is. Can you please watch what you're saying? <laughs> I'm okay with that. If, if they came into the CHML newsroom, yeah. they'd be microaggression all over the place. So I don't know if there's no Canadian schools. I can't say there are or not that have because there's another thing that's going on. And Canadian universities definitely have these. There are these things called safe spaces now, where you can go okay. and if you have been microaggressed. Aggressed? Aggressed? I don't know. <laughs> Microaggressed? This is a place where you can go and in some cases just be safe or in some places talk to a counselor who can walk you through how to deal with the fact that someone cocked an eyelid at you or an eyebrow at you and you felt 
a, yeah. you know, it, aggrieved or whatever. It, in my day, it was going to the overhang and having a smoke and just, all right, cool down and, and off you go. But did, did they say, do, do, do they all get like matching white uniforms as well? And <laughs> they just all walk in perfect lines, left side, right side. And like, where's It just the, terrifies me. It's this, this terrifies it's me because I, th- I believe that by and large, the vast number of young people who are going to university are more than capable of hearing something that they disagree with or that offends them and dealing with it in a constructive way. We're going to discuss this now. This is you, you say something, Jen, that offends me. That makes me think, well, why am I offended by that? And we're going to discuss this now. And it helps me crystallize my thinking process. Or why do you think that way? Exactly. And, and so open my, maybe open your mind to a different point of view or of vice course. versa. It's right? learning. It's learning. Yeah, and what we're doing here is we are saying we don't want learning. We want you to be able to go through university unscathed, literally unscathed and without having your philosophies, beliefs, whatever else challenged once, unless of course your philosophies and beliefs are not on the political correct side of the ledger, because then we can shred them all we want. Because if you happen to be, I hate to say this, if you happen to be a conservative, every single one of these things and these schools that I just read, all the things that are microaggressive would fall, that it would be conservative viewpoints that would be offensive. So I, th- it's not about which side is which. I'm sure you could but find schools. they can't schools. even define it. They, they can't even define it. And that's, that's the most ridiculous part. There should be a, if you're, you're, if, you're not, yeah. if you're a student who potentially could be kicked out of school for being microaggressive or offensive, surely you should know what the rules are before you open your mouth. Yeah, so give me a benchmark. What is, like, how about just common decency? But it seems like there is none of that anymore. Common, common sense. Common but it's sense, because we're too easily yep. offended. Oh, we we believe, Mike, that we have a right never to be offended. At least that's how I interpret this. That's how I interpret it as well, and I think it's an absolute joke. You, going to college, going to university, going to high school, for crying out loud, that's all what prepares you for life Life afterwards. And sometimes it's hard knocks. Sometimes it is getting a punch in the face, and you learn, oh, I shouldn't do that or say that or learn to say that differently. Sometimes it is it is getting um, maybe humiliated. But you, you got to learn how to deal. You got to grow up to be an adult. And by all this babying and and putting these bubble wraps around these kids and their minds and their thoughts, this is going to be a very, very, very sad world we are going to be living in in 10, 15, 20 years. Like what is this generation going to look like? What is it like, going to know? look like? And, you know, I, I'm, I've said it before on this show, Scott, and you know, I, I can be a little hard on my kids once in a blue moon, but I do that. So they learn a lesson. I will get in their face sometimes. That's probably microaggression and they're probably offended and upset. But you have to set them up for what to expect when they get out into the real world. Because how are they going to handle it when a, when a, a peer of theirs might do something similar. But or a boss. Or a boss. Well, yes. I mean, there's a line, of course, where, you know, there's a, a harassment line. And, and, and oh, all, there are all clearly those, bad there's things. There's those lines, all yeah. Those, but, you know, and all those things where you're like, okay, I have a legitimate complaint here. This is, you know, this behavior is unacceptable. But I mean, like, come to on. To talk about having a round of golf? Really? Well, some of these. Now, I didn't you know? include all the ones I found. Believe <laughs> me, as I was going through this, there were lots more? more. There was there was one, I can't remember what school it was, where the human resources policy specifically forbade the idea that you could comment in even the most benignly positive way that a coworker looked nice or their shoes. They had a nice pair of shoes. Or Now, again, 
There are clear lines. I understand right. this. If Jen, if I walk in and you're a female employee and I'm the male employee and every day I'm coming in going, hey, you yeah. look hot. Okay, yeah. that's that's <laughs> creepy and that's over the line. Yeah. But if you get a haircut and even if I'm a male employee and you're a female, I go, hey, Jen, I like your hair. It looks great. Yeah. I don't think that is an offensive comment to you. No, but that's, that you're being complimentary. You're if being I, nice. If you walk in and you've got some great outfit on that you're really proud of. It's brand new. I've never seen it. We work together every day and I go, hey, is that a new dress? I don't think I'm being offensive. I think, in fact, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. How you take it that's your problem, not my problem. That's your issue. But or, or, or how in someone... some in some environments, they're going to say, "No, no, no." Oh, that's in every your environment, problem. In, in every, yeah. and maybe it's not you're offending Jen. Maybe you're offending the person who's sitting yes. three cubicles down. That's right. And they get offended because you said something nice to them. It's it is, and they can make a complaint. They can make a complaint. Of it's course they can. And here's what I was getting at earlier when I said about 95% of the students are capable of dealing with offense. And Mike, you led right into this point. The 5% that can't or that are unable to deal with this, first of all, I think that it's their problem, not the other students. Agreed. But now you pump the other 95% into this environment where they are being told day after day, don't say anything. Everything you say could be seen as aggressive or as bad or as offensive. They then leave that environment four years later, mm-hmm. having been changed to believe that everything is offensive. So we are brainwashing kids who are fine beforehand to believe that I got to watch every single word I say because anything I say is going to be offensive to somebody. I don't think that's healthy at all. It's not, at all. It's it, not healthy. It, it's not healthy, and it's it, it's. <laughs> I'm I'm almost speechless because I can't. This this show would be off the air then because yeah. this show is probably micro. Every talk radio station would w- be off the air. Would be done. The news. I couldn't even report the news yeah, anymore. Yeah. Well, you'd have to have before every news event. You have to say trigger warning. Trigger yeah. Warning, which is you another big mean? thing. There's there's a group again. I didn't get put all these in. There was one school. I think it was Columbia University. One of the most well-respected universities, their English majors, or at least a group of them, were demanding that, I think it was Shakespearean English, be given trigger warnings before it was taught because there were things in there that might send someone who has experienced violence before into traumatic flashbacks or something. And it's like, wait a second, you're in English. So are these uh, are these students coming up with this? You know, and so it's Some. like, okay, so why why are these students... Where are they getting this from? You know, maybe it's part of their higher learning in their, you know, their research, their whatever that they've come to say, well, you know, let's try this. And like, maybe this is, this is the way that we need to behave now. I don't know. Well, there's a certain segment of the population that is always, that is, that feels entitled. And Mm -hmm. what has happened here, it seems to me, Mike, is that the segment of the population that feels entitled has somehow now been told that their views are legitimate. And so, yes, you are entitled to never be challenged, never be offended, never hear anything that would offend your delicate sensibilities. And if it does, that must, by definition, be wrong and therefore must be stamped out so you can go through your life without ever having a dark cloud over your head. Never have your feelings hurt, never have to worry about uh, standing up for something because everything is just going to be catered to you. It's disgusting. Well, you know, and then, but in, in, and if they continue along these lines where, you know, you can't say anything because, you know, it's it's it could be offensive. Well, what about the things that, and so nothing is done, nothing is said. What about the things that are actually 
Offensive. Offensive yeah. and wrong. Things that are actually wrong in society. Mm-hmm. Is that just going to get glossed over? Like, do you think it's just going to stop happening? And I'm curious, you know, this, this is, you know, this is all what's happening out in, in the public. What, what are these people doing when they're going back to their dorm rooms or whatever? They're going on to the World Wide Web. I'm sure they're watching stuff that's probably aggressive and, and not yeah. proper and listening to rap lyrics or whatever. Yeah, you put them out in the real world, and they all of a sudden have this this uh, like a free pass almost to say no, don't say that, please. It's great point though, Jen. Because look, if someone we gave an example of you and I, you and I, we just gave an example of you and I at work where I say nice hairdo, nice haircut, and that's now for some people considered offensive. Yeah. Now, if I walk into the to your newsroom or wherever else and drop the N word. Mm-hmm. which truly is offensive by everybody's definition, except for some rappers, I guess. Um, but by everyone's definition, we've now equated these two things. That's they are, right. So now we're saying that me complimenting your hair and me using the N-word A on someone are the yep. same thing. And that essentially either no diminishes sense. the 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 weight of the N-word and mm-hmm. the badness of that, or it r- makes the other thing... I mean, it's just... It, Again, it's kooky. It's, it's so out it's of whack. Kooky. It's yeah. out of whack. It is. The and University I, of Chicago, to its credit, to its endless credit, is one of the schools. They just this week, their president said, by the way, uh, if you're coming to the University of Chicago, just so you know, we don't do safe spaces. We don't do trigger words here. You're at university. Grow up. Yeah. Well Kudos said. to them. Yes. But they are the one, or seemingly, there's, there's more, but they're one of the few beacons of light in this discussion in this discourse and here's the other thing why are you it seems to me university professors university presidents people running these institutions are running are running scared of some whiny students why are the administrations not standing up and saying no you're choosing to come to university it's the place of higher learning and challenging intellectual discourse grow up but as we talked about Mm -hmm. i think off air we this wasn't on air the three of us jen i think you made the point University students are clients. That's right. Or yeah, Scott. Or yeah, you said it. So they're they're paying to be there. So hey, you know what? Let's give you the best customer service possible, and we'll make sure that your stay here is going to be fantastic. It's going to be a a golden ride for you. You will not have one issue. So maybe that plays into a debt. I'm sure it does. But it's not a cruise ship. No. It's not a it's not a vacation what? at Club Med. You are supposed <laughs> to be challenged. That's that where is, you're supposed to find who you are and explore. And, and how do you do that if you're never if you're challenged? Stifled. And what about their whole I mean isn't that like an amendment freedom of speech like well, you know what I mean? Yes, but also apparently now there's the well, how many amendments are there like 15 or 16? The 17th one know. is going to be freedom from microaggressions. That's going to be the new one that's put <laughs> in. But no, freedom of speech. Yes. So I mean isn't that a type of censorship like Of course it is. So they're going backwards. It doesn't make any sense. But if you, but you're absolutely right. But we got to go to break. But if you are in a place where everybody in that place seemingly shares your point of view, you can say it's, it's freedom. You can say oh. it's freedom of speech. But that one person that shouts out something that is contrary to the common viewpoint now sounds like an extremist. Because we all are homogenized into the same thing. And then, look, someone gave me the example the other day on a, I think it was on the show last night. I can't remember who was talking about it. Marvin Ryder was talking about it. If you have a white snowbank and there is one drop of blood, what do you notice on the snowbank? 
the one, you don't notice the big snowbank, you notice the one drop of blood. Yeah. That's the one person who has contrary views at a university but where everyone every, shares the same thoughts. But will thoughts. they conform though? Will it really fly? No, but you just cover enough snow on top of that peat drop of blood and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. So you know what? If that person continues, if they insist on being microaggressive and being contrarian. and But can you really control thousands of students? Are you going to suspend your entire student body, all your clients? I don't gonna, know. Are you going to suspend all these paying customers? I don't know, but if you scare out? them, if you intimidate them enough, because these are 17 and 18 and 19 year old kids coming in who are paying thousands to go to school. You tell them, you say something that goes against the grain and we're going to kick you out. I think a lot of them are just going to say, oh, I'm not saying anything. Yeah, I'm not then, saying anything. And then you wait for the first keg party on the Friday night <laughs> to let out all their aggression. Exactly. And then how's that going to turn <laughs> exactly. out? Exactly. <laughs> oh boy, I got a son going to university. I'm trying not to think about that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> we will uh, take a quick break back after this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Jen Watson, Mike Fortune. We have for uh, some time now in this city tried to find a place for a few different well we were talking let me back up we were talking earlier this week because the Canadian Football Hall of Fame relocation has not fallen by the wayside but has become way late it's fallen behind permits and blah 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 it's not going to be done in time and there has been yeah yeah it's a, Tim Hortons field there's a delay really yeah, wow really? who could have seen that coming um and so we've talked about the Hamilton Sports Hall of Fame that eventually wants to have a bricks and mortar home of some kind. And then there is the Hamilton Walk of Fame for, and we have the, the Gallery of Distinction and all this stuff. If you were going to be putting a Walk of Fame in place somewhere, a physical Walk of Fame, where would you put it? Where in this city would be the place where you would put that? I uh, I would look towards what's going to be developed down at Pier 7 and 8 with all the condos and what, everything that they have potentially have going That's on. That's a good idea. So, some restaurants and all that. And I think that would be a nice way to kind of do a little ribbon cutting down there. This is also going to be where our Walk of Fame is going to be. So if you can hold off for a few more years... That's where I would think you, you put could... put the Walk of Fame down there. I would put it down there, yeah. That's what do you a nice think? picturesque idea. I, I mean, I would think that it would be somewhere... Along the lines of where entertainment would happen in the city. So, you know, yeah. somewhere you think downtown, like First Ontario Centre or whatever. But I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that's a, a nicer location. I think uh, if that, you... That Mike mentioned. If, if you know, you, it's unfortunate Theatre Aquarius doesn't have the walking traffic. Yeah. Um, I think if you go anywhere along um, uh, King Street and all that, you know, I know they're working extremely hard on trying to clean up the downtown. But, you know, that's going to be... Um, uh, that's still going to be a, a big mountain to climb. Um, you you got to go somewhere where you know it's going to be looked after, maintained properly, and I don't see that happening. And, and where people are going to be. Yeah. And where people are going to be. And yeah. look at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah you it. know, I, Mike, you know what? I had a few ideas in my head, and I've just abandoned all of them because yours is the best idea. It's better than yep. any of the ones that I had. We agree. Quite honestly. Segment over. You know, one of, yeah. no. Segment <laughs> over, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Done. No, because, Next topic. You know what? The only <laughs> other place that I thought that made any sense whatsoever... And it didn't even really make a lot of sense, but was, you know, when you're now looking at the new Tim Hortons field and they have that giant concourse when you're mm-hmm. walking in, the giant pad of concrete yep. Yep. that you could have done stars in the yep. in the pavement there. But again, so that's that's good for 10, 10 dates of the year. Not only that, that's great for football players. Like you could yeah. put 
can you could put great tie cats or or the sports hall of fame things in there that would make some sense but you know when we're talking about the walk of fame and you've got boris brought well how does that make any sense to have boris brought's face or star at tim horton's field and the way Mm -hmm. people sort of congregate like you wouldn't really be able to see it right you want to try and look for somebody's star and you're like Mm -hmm. oh or their name or however they're going to do it you know people are just kind of milling around waiting to get in or get out i mean would you want to have by the way we have you know the walk of fame i presumably i guess the idea is going to be either you know, a little brass thing in the sidewalk or a pedestal or something. I don't know how exactly. Would you want to emulate, do you think it would be fun or stupid to emulate the thing they have outside in in Hollywood where they put their handprints in the, would you, would that be a, a thing we would like or would that it's, be it's just not kind un- of copying? It's not unique. It's, yeah, it's copying. I, yeah. I, I think you have to, you have to come up with your own Hamilton way of portraying your all-stars, your walk of fame people. It's been done. Forget about it. Is, isn't, isn't there another place? Maybe it's Toronto. Don't they have the stars come and do their signature? Yeah. You know, you know why I say so, that is because when you, Jen just said, you want people, you wouldn't be able to see it. But if you had the handprints, you always have people who will like yeah, kneel down and take a picture and try and yeah. put their hands in. And But I have a question about this walk of fame. With their face print. There you go. <laughs> why not? <laughs> a squeeze a their mold, face. A yeah. face yeah. mold. Um, <laughs> Isn't it the one in Hollywood, like the Beetlejuice mold? That's right. Jim yeah. Carrey died when he was suffocated <laughs> doing his mold. <laughs> Isn't there is the one in Hollywood? People, the the stars have to pay. Yeah, yeah. To to be on it, so like. Is Hamilton going to be honoring, or are we going to be saying, "Hey, Eugene Levy, you want your name on uh, our Walk yeah. of Fame and give us twenty grand?" See, water, water Trust you know? Fund, uh, Water Trust Fund <laughs> needs some uh, help here. I would hope yeah. not. The reason is, the, you know, the Hollywood one can afford it because all of them can yeah. afford it, right? So here again, you know, there are some people from this city who could afford that kind of thing, but it would kind of make it a rather elite thing. What happens if you are a an impoverished or close to impoverished musician who never really made a ton of money, but you were really great. Mm-hmm. Do we well, say, so well, then the you can't have your... criteria though? Like what is, well, what is And their... is it just Hamilton? Is it going to be Canada? Oh, I no, it would have it, to just, just be Just strictly Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah. So of the 550,000, that's it. One thing that we have started to do better in this city, again, through the Sports Hall of Fame, through the Gallery of Distinction, through others, we've started to do a better job at honoring the people who have done amazing things mm-hmm. in this city. But we're still not great at it. We still, a lot of times we do this, we still feel like we have to broaden it out to include Hamilton, Niagara, Burlington, Brantford, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, here... We're going to do Hamilton. Hamilton. We're doing Hamilton. We're in Hamilton. This is, and if that means we have to lop off a few people here or there. Well, you know, and and yeah, and and because I mean, we had the story and, you know, there was mentioned about, you know, Martin Short or Eugene Levy, but I mean, I hope it would, you said people who have done, you know, good things for the city, great things for the city. So it would just be, you know, it would go beyond people who are stars, right? You know, I would hope. And you already have Martin Short, who is part of the Gallery of Distinction. Sure. He's already there. So we'd honor him again. I hope Martin Short's in the gallery. No, he is. Is he for he, sure? He, he okay. is for sure. He, I, I interviewed him the night he was inducted. Well, then there you go. So, I, but, but would we honor him again then for the Walk of Fame? Yeah, and so is the Walk of Fame redundant if we already have a gallery of distinction? Because I have to say the gallery of distinction, and Scott, I think you've emceed that event as well. I think it's a fantastic evening and talk about the glory there and, and, and how well it is done and the criteria um, and really, I think everyone that would be on that Walk of Fame right now is probably already in the Gallery of Distinction. Except for one. 
The Gallery of Distinction oh, you're, has uh, one massive oversight that I've tried to get rectified, and I can't. Russ Jackson is not in the Hamilton Gallery of Distinction. The greatest Canadian football player of all time is a Hamilton guy, and he is not in the Hamilton Gallery of Distinction. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's been brought to the gallery's attention, and he's still not in the Gallery of Distinction. I don't know if it's Russ like took somebody off. like the Rock and Roll off, Hall of Fame, right? You gotta take it, it took forever to get Rush in. Yeah, Kiss. 20, 30 years, and then there you go. Yeah, well, you know, it, listen, I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> This is a problem. He should be in there. But Agreed. regardless, we do need to... I, I really believe it helps our city when we honor the people who have done great things. It's and great. Help build it. It yep. helped build it and mm -hmm. help made it famous. You know, and again, you may not be... Remember when um, when Brian McCaddy, who was running for mayor, suggested the statue of Frankie Venom that got shot down, mostly because of the price, because it was going to be very expensive. I thought, you know, you don't have to like Teenage Head's music. You don't have to be a fan of Frankie Venom. That's not the point. The point is, here's a band that has a huge fan base across the country, yeah. represented Hamilton, was a big deal. I don't care. Like, listen, I, a lot of people would say, I don't listen to classical music. That doesn't diminish. I used the name Boris Broad a minute ago. That doesn't diminish what Boris Broad has done in this yeah. community, just because you don't listen to classical music. Of course. That's right. So get over yourself if you have a problem <laughs> with the style. These are people who have done amazing things. And for every person that you or plaque or statue that you say, well, that's stupid, there are other people going, that's awesome. He right. was from here? We got we, we have to do better, and I'm, I'm hoping we can... Mike, I love your idea. Down on the waterfront, on the, yep. on the walkway. I like that idea, too. And you're down there going for a nice walk, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a picturesque part of town, and you're right, when there's buildings, when the condos are down and you have lots of people, what a perfect place for it. It is. It's a perfect yeah. place for it. Mike Fortune said it September 2nd, 2016. <laughs> you, you got to go uh, rush with us a long weekend, but Tuesday morning, go to the uh, <laughs> trademark office right. and, uh, and put go. that down. I'll text Fred right now, see what he says. Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. At the top of the show, Mike pointed out, I don't know if we were supposed to point this out, it's a radio show, so you can't really see it, but Mike pointed out that Jen is... Great with child. Is that, is that still just, a phrase? You've just outed me to my boss. He didn't know. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Are you no. offended now? Is that I'm still offended. a phrase? I don't I know. I didn't even know that phrase. Great with child? You yeah, never heard I that? just know with child. Okay, well, we're giving you well, great I like the with great. child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We can add that in. All right, so here is something that I find really interesting. There's two stories that moved this week that were online. First of all, have you chosen, don't have to tell us, but have you chosen a name yet? No, because I don't know the sex. You don't have one for each right now? Well, we're playing with different names, but yeah, no, we don't. We haven't had anything settled, no. Okay, because a new survey has found that a fifth, 20% of all parents within two years of their child's birth regret the name <gasps> they gave that kid because they <laughs> really? determine, apparently, the real re the reason is here is because A, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right, or I've never liked it. Or I was pressured into using it, or it's not distinctive really? enough, or it causes problems with spelling, or hmm. it doesn't suit him or her, or my favorite one, it gets shortened into a short version that really I hate. Well, see, that would be the first thing that I think of when I think of a name, and I'm trying to decide on a name is what would be the short form, right. and can I live with that? Yeah. That's one of the first things yeah. I think of. I actually was having this conversation the other night because I was looking through my book of baby names, and we'll try, you know, coming up with like ideas and stuff, and then I had said, imagine we changed our daughter's name. I'm not going to say it, um, but, and and so Jay's like, why would we ever do that? 
Like, well, don't you like it? I'm like, no, no, I do. I, I love her name. But, you know, imagine we changed it. Like, how hard would that be? She's mm-hmm. two yeah. to suddenly say, this isn't your name anymore. Yeah, we're, we're giving we're you. We're just changing it. We're just, just testing. Like, we're that, just giving that, it a test drive. That would be awful. That would be awful to do. I find that fascinating. See, when my wife and I went through for both of our children, we, we literally, we sat down and we would have to say, and we would throw names out. Or even if we're just, you know, we're walking by the hall. What about this name? Yep. And I, I vetoed almost every single one of them because I'm always devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. And I know how harsh kids can be. Yep. And I know, all you have to do is say a name. And I know what a kid is going to say in, in, uh, in school or high school and how they're going to shorten it and how they're going to twist it around. And my wife, she was just amazed. She goes, how can you come up with something negative for every name? She yeah. goes, but it all made sense. Yep, yeah. It will happen. Well, and then you think, you know, or or it's a it's a name association with somebody yes. that you know mm. or something that reminds you of something. And then you're like, nope, not happening. We had a hard time deciding on boys' names the first time. Well, we, there was only one name that we agreed on. Mm-hmm. If we had a boy and we didn't, so it wasn't a problem. We were but. going through the books when we were having our kids and we were going through the boys' names. And I remember this being very, very funny. I don't know the name of the book. Obviously, it's a long time ago now. Um, but we're reading through the names and they all give you the name. They give you the meaning. They give yeah. you the the, um, origin. the origin, origin of what country and everything. And then they give you some famous people who have the name. And the one name, we got to the one name, the only one in the entire book that says, do not give this name to your child. It was Adolf. And <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably good yeah. advice. Yep. Yeah, probably, probably good yeah. advice. Probably refrain from Adolf that. would have got to be two and said, yeah. uh, guys, not. name change, changing. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to children's Told by aid. my middle name. Well, you know, it's funny because and then there are some countries where they veto and say, no, you can't name your kid this. There was a story not yeah, too long ago. Yeah, but there's nutty parents. Though. Yeah, and I can't remember what it was. Um. Oh yeah, but I every every now and then you'll hear yeah that that the you know the government will say nope you can't name your kid this. <laughs> Why? Just because like, there's going to be too many mics or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I mean or... it would be something kind of like yeah. outrageous, right? When we named uh, our daughter, and I have no problem. Everyone I think that follows me knows my, my daughter's name is Presley. Love that name. But and it's spelled like the last name of Elvis. Yeah. You know, but to get to that, my wife one day she's like, well, what if what if it's a boy or girl? Or if it's a boy, why don't we call it Wesley? And I'm like, there is no way our <laughs> child is going to be named Wesley. Because <laughs> it's close to Presley. But. And, and and then she goes, well, what about Preston? And I go, there is no way we can afford to have a Preston in our life because he's going to be wanting to go to the yacht club and little cardigans <laughs> and all that. But I, by putting those two together, I'm like, what about Presley? And it just go. clicked and it stayed. Now, my daughter doesn't like her name. She wants to change to Melissa. Oh really? Yes, but is she that doesn't. Her middle name? No, give her, it's give her but, time. But but she doesn't like the name Presley Fortune. But everyone is just in awe of that name. They all love That's it. That's a pretty cool name. So the um, the, here's a here's a story of some of the names that have not been allowed. R two D two was not allowed. <laughs> uh, Messiah, Hitler. Um, where was the other ones that I really liked here? Okay, in um, in Hawaii. <laughs> oh, sorry, in New Zealand in two thousand eight. A judge refused to allow parents to name their child Tallulah does the hula from Hawaii. <laughs> and also the name Fish and Chips, Keenan Got Lucy, and Sex Fruit have also been turned down among oh other gosh. names. You know, those parents should actually lose their children, quite yeah, frankly. Yeah. If you So, all right, so that's the first part. But 
I want to get on the other part about this, the second story, pregnancy story today that I, I, I find this interesting. And I'm, I'm just going to let you harp on this because you're the only one in this room. I've seen two <laughs> births. I've been there for two births. Mike's been there for yeah. two births. Neither of us has popped anybody out of no. our body. Right. You're the one who's got to speak to this. Let me just read you a sentence. It was okay. about the, uh, the wife of Jamie Oliver, the, the chef, cook? the cooking yeah. guy. Chef, yep. So after she gave birth, he put out this birth announcement saying he arrived safely. Mom was really, really amazing. Unbelievably composed natural birth. Now here's what the Globe and Mail says after this. So add jewels to the long list of celebrities and privileged women the world over, from Giselle Bündchen to Jennifer Connelly, Julianne Moore, Jessica Alba, who are proud to have given birth in what has become over the past couple of decades the only truly socially sanctioned and celebrated method of modern baby delivery, a straightforward vaginal birth without pharmaceutical pain relief. In other words, to use the language of midwives, doulas, and prenatal yoga instructors everywhere, a natural or normal birth, as opposed to the other kinds of birth involving drugs or worst of all, surgery, which are considered by extension, unnatural, abnormal, and the most feared term of all, medicalized. You agree yeah. with that? No. That natural birth is now the only acceptable way to do it? No. No, I mean, good for you if that's the way you want to do it, if that's the way sometimes babies come too quick and you don't have a choice and you're going to have to do it that way. But I I had an epidural, I had the drugs, and I I thoroughly enjoyed my labor, <laughs> to be honest. And and it's funny mm-hmm. because um, it it going through having the contractions before I got my epidural... It was, it hurt. I mean, and it, you know, it was very, very painful. And then once I got my epidural, I was like, oh, okay, this is much better. I was comfortable. I mean, I was in labor for 15 hours and it's, you know, it's stressful. And like, mm-hmm. I, I was getting a fever and they're pumping me full of IV. I'm like puffed out to here. But, you know, aside from that, like I still enjoyed it because I was, I was medicated and, and. I don't know. And at one point, actually, because so they give you, I don't know, I don't think all hospitals do it. Um, they have, it's um, every 15 minutes, you, you can push a button, yeah. you get a, you a, button, get a you shot get of it. Top you up, yeah. right? <laughs> well, I was so well, you know, I was feeling no pain for the first little bit that I didn't even think about that. And then suddenly I was like, oh, I can feel everything. And I started to panic thinking, if I'm going to have to give birth feeling this, like I was scared. And then so like, oh, here, let's top you up. And so my husband was on like top up watch every 15 minutes <laughs> and he got me back up to where I needed to be. <laughs> and I was like, OK, I'm good. And like it didn't hurt to push. And, you know, I mean, there were parts where it hurt I me. Mean, maybe this is too much information. I don't know. I was talking about this the other day in the hall with somebody from why but anyway doesn't I, matter we gotta go i'm just i'm just glad to know that this is not that we are <laughs> we not at the go. point no but Bye. i'm glad we got to go to commercial i'm glad to know that we are not at the point where you have to do this i, I listen if i i saw yeah. them i'm all for the epidural and i also as we go i also am convinced that when you go to the childbirth classes and you learn those breathing things yeah. that's not for the wife that's for the <laughs> husband because we're standing there about to pass out <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. just you're, so you don't fall over when she's giving birth. That's that's for us. Anyway, uh, got to go. Uh, your quiz question one more time, very quickly before our last break. If you're in Machu Picchu, this is totally unrelated to childbirth, by totally. the way. If you are in Machu Picchu, what country are you in? 905-645-3221, star 9900. If you're on your cell phone, still stuck in traffic, hopefully not. Give Luke a call. Back with the answer after this. The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900, AM 900, CHML.